Hello, and welcome back to The Random Joe Show. It's Saturday, March 24th, 2018, and this is Episode 2. Man, do we have a lot of good video games to talk about. Hope you've had a fantastic week of gaming. Hope you've played along with us for this week's game, because this week, it was pretty great. First things first, a reminder of what this show is. Random Joe Show is a video game book club where we play random games together and discuss them. The idea for me personally came from noticing just how many games I had. So many of them that I've never even played or haven't really gotten a chance to finish or really explore. And I've acquired those through Steam sales, through Games with Gold, through PS Plus, and perhaps you have had a similar experience where you have... have tried to spend time playing through these games and just never got around to it. Well, this show is really me trying to uh, cultivate thankfulness for all the stuff I do have. I think that in culture, a lot of times, we tend to just look forward to what we don't have. And uh, this show is just an attempt for me to play some of those games, to play through my backlog, and hopefully give you the opportunity to do the same. And it just provided a forum for us to discuss those things and, uh, and talk about them throughout the week. Now, this is awesome because this week is is fantastic. Uh, it's super hot. That's the game that we played through. It was one of the games with gold. And, uh, and I want to welcome you to discussing this. Perhaps this is the first time you've listened to the show. Welcome. Uh, maybe you listened last week and played along with super hot and you have some things to share. Please continue to send that my way. So what is super hot? Well, it was one of the free games this month on Xbox. Now, as a housekeeping note, moving forward, the suggested weekly game will basically be each month, there will be one of them that is a PS Plus game, one of them that is an Xbox Live Games with Gold game. The other two will be random games selected. So, for instance, uh, we're gonna I'm just going to pick next week's game right now. Um, so, let's see. Random generator number uh, 283. So let's see, 283. Okay, so next week. Next week, the game is Uncharted 2. Among Thieves. So that's the game that we're playing next week. So the game of the week is going to be Uncharted 2. I want to encourage you to play that game if you've got it. I know I have it via uh, the Uncharted collection um, for PS4. But if you've got it for PS3 or whatever, I'd encourage you to play that this week. Drop some uh, comments on Twitter and elsewhere. Let me know what you think about it or even just your memories of the game. And uh, we'll discuss that. And then the week after that will be another PlayStation Plus game. So we did an Xbox Live game first. We'll do a PlayStation Plus game in two weeks. And then after that, it'll be another random game. Or maybe we'll just do a way out or something like that. But I'll let you know. But the game of the week. On to the game of the week. The game of the week this week is Super Hot. So what is Super Hot? Well, it's an indie shooter. It's set in a VR-type experience, and the idea is that your character has this VR helmet on and is playing this game. You begin to chat with one of your friends via the online service that you're using and telling them about your experiences in the game, and it goes crazy off the rails from there. It is really fun. Kind of the art style is a very minimalistic kind of experience where you have obstacles and different environments. Everything is white and polygonal. And so it's not very detailed. It doesn't have very, uh, you know, the detail work in the faces and stuff. It's just kind of like blank and angular and polygonal. And everything's white except for your enemies, which are these red guys. Once again, just really angular, humanoid-looking things. And anything that's black 
is either a weapon or something that you can throw. So let's say you're in a uh, in a bar area. You could pick up a bottle and throw it. Those bottles will all be black. Maybe you see that there's a pool table. You could grab one of the one of the billiards balls and throw that, and that would be once again black. Or there's a shotgun or a, a rifle, and uh, all of those weapons then are able to be used. And even the weapons can be thrown. And so what you can kind of do is there's this really cool kind of dance that I kind of learned where if you've got a bunch of guys around you, you could shoot one with the gun, and then you've got to wait until it's ready to to go. And and that's where like the main premise of the game is. Time only moves when you do. So essentially, if you're strafing, if you're moving towards someone, if you're firing a gun, time will accelerate. If you're standing still, time will move extremely slowly, which allows you to do awesome things like dodge bullets, look around, and kind of get a sense for what you should do next or what enemy you should engage and they throw these enemies at you from all these different vantage points and kind of force you to to kind of have to think on your feet and solve the puzzle. Now, every time that you die, you restart the level. And the way that they do these levels is more like a puzzle game than it is a shooter. Because when you restart, there's always kind of the same spawns in the same places. And because time only moves forward when you do, you can have a really good idea of where the next threat is coming from as you progress farther and farther into the level. So it's, it's a very cool game. It has a really interesting concept. I've never really played anything exactly like it, and I really enjoyed it tremendously. It's a game that I had been referred on places like the Giant Bombcast and others that had recommended the game in the past, and I've really wanted to try it out for some time. When I saw it on Xbox Games with Gold, I thought, this is an incredible opportunity. I'm going to take it. And it was right around the time that I was kicking around starting the show and thought this would be a tremendous way to begin it because I had heard so many positive things about the game. They were not wrong. I love this game. I think it's really good. Um, It wasn't like super top tier. It wasn't my favorite game I've ever played, but it was very, very good and had some, some really fantastic moments that I enjoyed tremendously. I love puzzle games, and so I think that that the similarity of it to a puzzle game, that it was a lot more about thinking. It was a lot more about planning your engagements. It was a lot more about kind of uh, processing what you should do than it was about twitch reflexes, than it was even about um, kind of being skilled in that way. It was more about being skilled in terms of executing what your plan was. And, And I really liked that a lot. I thought it was very good. So what did I like about it? First, the presentation was clean, sleek, and stylish. I really enjoyed the way that they set up the menus, the way that they uh, set up kind of the world, just the way it looked was really good. Now, it's not super detailed. Like I said, it's not high fidelity at all. It's very much like what you might envision, um, like a, a, a VR game from like 10 years ago, very polygonal, very much like three colors, but it communicates a lot with the stylings that it chooses. And I felt like that was one of its strongest points. Uh, points and its interaction of mechanics was just excellent. Sometimes what happens in in these games is that they bloat it. They put in too many things, and this one stays very very small with the selection of of things that you have to solve each particular problem. This kind of relates to what I mentioned uh, in Wizorb and and what I've mentioned in you know in Celeste particularly last week is that Celeste is a, is a great game, and one of the things about it as a puzzle platformer that makes it so compelling is that your, your list of mechanics that you obtain as a player 
do not dramatically increase as the game goes on. But the way that they want you to implement those in an ever-changing world is what gives it its variety. And so instead of giving you, you know, 10 different buttons that all do different things and the combination of those things, you know, being these, you know, endless possibilities, instead it gives you three things that you can do. And with those three things presents you with varying problems that you then have to apply those three things to solve. And I really like games like that. I think the elegant design inherent in those kinds of products is something that's very compelling to me. It's one of the reasons why I liked Celeste as much as I did, and it's one of the reasons I like Superhot as much as I did. Um, but those interaction of mechanics is really cool. And I mentioned that you could do stuff like throw a gun, and then uh, you know, as the as you hit the guy, he'll drop his gun, and you can snatch it out of the air and then shoot him with it. And then you can throw that gun at another guy and then snatch his gun out of the air, shoot him with it. And that's one of the things you can do with it is just kind of juggle these things. And once I kind of realized that it had that level of depth, and I'm sure I was not even playing it as effectively as you can, I was just super impressed with how it was how it was uh, integrated together and how all of those different mechanics create the overall experience that the game provides. It's excellent. One of the things I thought that was really good uh, was its story. I don't want to give any spoilers to this because it was really interesting the way that they wove everything together. Uh, but it really deals on some some fairly uh, fairly deep subjects, um, and it's very interesting. I really enjoyed kind of the way that they tied those things together and the way that they kind of put both the kind of like out of the game as you're kind of hopping back into the lobby and chatting with your your friend about what you're experiencing in Super Hot and the actual game engaging with and interacting with you and how your character as you're playing the game really is getting sucked into the game more and more. It's really, really cool, very immersive, and uh, it definitely will mess with your mind a little bit, um, which is really really fun. I think there's also some deeper kind of messages there that are worth kind of thinking about and uh, delving into the philosophy that was underpinning it, but it's it's really, really great. Um, it's definitely worth experiencing. It is a short story, but I feel like that ends up being in some ways an asset because you can get through it fairly quickly. It's only uh, maybe three or four hours long. It's not that long. It, it's worth playing through like I mentioned before, if you have an Xbox, it is free this month. I think someone told me that it was a free Amazon Prime game. I don't have Amazon Prime, which I know, crazy, but I don't. <laughs> and uh, evidently they're starting a games program where you can obtain free games each month. I don't know what platforms that applies to, but I know that that was one that was suggested for the Prime giveaway uh, this month. Uh, the last thing I really enjoyed that I wanted to mention was that the feeling of executing well and gaining skills is really strong. One of the benefits of having a, a small amount of mechanics in a game is that you can begin to feel very adept with those mechanics. And when the game is consistently giving you harder challenges, but not necessarily harder because the enemies take more hits, but because they're putting you in a position where you have to think about more variables. What happens is that you really get this very tangible and tactile element of, of skill increase. And this was something I think I mentioned in Celeste as well, is that as you play through the game, you feel as though you're getting better at it. That as you're going through at the beginning and, and after you beat each level, it kind of goes through and instead of 
doing it in time, because like I mentioned, time doesn't move unless you move. It plays for you as if it were just a straightforward thing. It cuts out all of the time in which you kind of stood there and thought about it and were kind of moving in slow motion and plays it in, in fast motion. And at the beginning, it was a pretty pathetic thing. I'm trying to kill like two different guys that are from different angles and I'm just kind of shooting and ducking behind cover. But near the end, I was like right in the middle of the fray. I'm throwing a gun. I'm shooting this guy. I'm throwing this one over here. I'm shooting this guy. I'm, I'm grabbing a vase and throwing it across the room at somebody else, dodging out of the way of the bullet. You really feel awesome. You feel skilled. You feel like you're executing well. And that feeling of success and that feeling that you're getting better at it is something that is extremely tangible in this game. And, and I really enjoyed that. I felt like I was becoming this incredibly awesome and very, very skilled player, uh, even though, and in some senses, I'm sure I wasn't very good at the game. But it was really fun, and uh, and I really enjoyed that aspect of it. So what didn't I like? There were several things I really enjoyed about the game I thought that were very strong. What were the things I didn't like? Well, there were some technical problems. And on Xbox One, um, what happens is as you move into a level, it kind of does like a... Uh, like a screen flickering and flashing like on an old TV that's trying to get reception. And you could hear the sound continue to crackle as it was oscillating between kind of the white and black and the, and the blurry lines as it spawned you into the level. But the, the actual picture would freeze up. And I think that some of that is that if you're playing on a higher-end PC or if you're on maybe even an Xbox One X, that's probably not as much of a problem. It probably spawns you in much quicker, but I felt like the delay in the time that it took to spawn you, coupled with the visual effect not matching the sound, kind of broke the immersion for me a little bit. And this game is very immersive. It's very, very, uh, it's very good at that. And these technical problems just consistently bopped me out of that. And every time I died, I was less upset that I had died and less upset that I had to go back and rethink my strategy, and I was more upset that I had to sit through that screen for a couple seconds. It was just kind of obnoxious. And it wasn't a big thing. It wasn't enough to, to diminish my enjoyment of the game in a, in a really significant way, but it was something that I noted. It was something that that is kind of a black mark on the experience a little bit. Um, overall, like I said, it doesn't totally tarnish what that game was aiming to do and what it accomplished. And there are a lot of things that it does that very few, if any other games, really do. So I'm really thankful for the opportunity to like play that game, get it for free. But uh, the technical problems were a little bit annoying. Um, I was also a little bit disappointed. This is like just the smallest thing. Uh, one of the themes, I don't want to give anything away really. One of the themes in the game is that you're stuck in this VR helmet, right? And you're trying to get out. And so at one point, um, the computer tells you or somebody tells you um, to stop playing the game. And so I cheekily, you know, opened up my Xbox, uh, you know, dashboard and just quit the game. And it was at the end of the time I was me playing anyway. So I just smugly went, I went to bed. Like I just didn't play it. And I was a little bit sad that when I booted it back up, I remembered that I had been kind of like, ooh, I'm so clever, you know. And uh, it didn't really react to that. Um, there are other ways that you can engage with it, but it felt like it was kind of daring you to be creative and to close the game out in certain uh, times or to walk away from the game and not play it again. And I was hoping that it was going to at least acknowledge that I had actually done that cheekily. So I don't know. Um, that's kind of like a small little nitpicky thing, but I was hoping it, it does so well. 
at responding to what you're doing um, when it tells you to do things like that, that I was just a little disappointed that it didn't, it didn't respond to me as much as I was hoping it would. Uh, lastly, I think the only other thing I didn't like was that it was, it was a little short and, and this is something that I mentioned before plays a little bit to its strengths that it's such a, uh, a cohesive experience and it's very succinct so that everything in the game is good. There is no padding in this game, really. Um, it really is kind of just, you go through it, you finish it, you figure it out and you move forward, which I think is generally a strength. But it left me wanting for more. And I don't typically do game plus stuff. I don't typically play stuff more than once. Um, it did have. It does have some challenges. It does have some a random level thing. And I, I spent probably an hour in the random level thing after I beat it um, because it was very fun. And I'm glad that they have those things as a part of them. But I was hoping that it would go a little bit deeper. I felt like the story kind of, um, it had more that it could have done uh, at the end. Um as you kind of are preparing yourself to uh, to do what you're going to do. <laughs> I don't want to give anything away because it's so good. Um, but I felt like they they left it off in such a cool spot, and I was hoping that they would uh, that they would let me do a little bit more with the story. So what did you think? Um, some of the Destiny Reset guys, uh, Necessary Evil comes to mind. I uh, really liked it. There were several people in our in our Destiny Reset um, Discord chat that said, oh, super hot, that game was really cool, and had either played it before or are playing it through currently and really enjoyed it. Um, there were a couple guys who reached out to me on Twitter. Lurson, uh, which, been a long time, buddy. Good to, good to hear from you. On Twitter said, wow, awesome mind trip. After I beat it, I ran all the challenge modes and a few endless runs. So that's really cool. See, I... I think that it leaves you at the end, and this goes back to what I was saying with short, it leaves you at the end feeling like you want to play more. And maybe that's a really good thing, and I shouldn't knock it for that. Um, but those challenge modes, I didn't even do any of the challenge modes. I just did endless for a while. I unlocked like the first, uh, I think as you play through the endless and get more, rack up more kills and more time in the game, it'll unlock new stages. And so I think I unlocked four of the stages. Um, and my, my most um, kills on one random level was like 36. So I felt like I was like, yeah, I'm getting pretty good, but these runs are taking a while and I needed to get some food. Um, and that goes into what Gary said. Gary69 on Twitter said, stunning game and had that heart-eyed emoji. I, I don't altogether disagree with that assessment. Um, he says it was a stunning game. It completely sucked me in. And, uh, and I couldn't agree more with this, Gary. Um, when you say it sucked you in, my wife was working on Thursday night and she's a nurse and she was working until 11 o'clock. And uh, when she came home, I was just, is it like 12.30, 12.15? I'm just stuffing the dinner that she made for me and stuck in the fridge in the microwave to heat it up so I can eat it. And she's like, are you eating, is this dinner or is this like bedtime snack? And I'm like, this is dinner. She's like, well, what happened? I was like, well, I was playing, I was in a Destiny 2 raid for a little bit and then I beat super hot <laughs> and all of a sudden it's, uh, it's like 1230 at night and I got to eat dinner. So, um, it's very immersive. I will definitely agree with that. And that's one of the reasons why, like I said, I kind of dinged it a little bit for, uh, just the moments where it felt like it broke that immersion because it's so strong in most of the other parts of the game. Uh, but I really enjoyed this game. Um, I hope you guys did as well. There are probably several of you who played this game alongside us and didn't necessarily send me something via Twitter. You can always send your, your thoughts 
to me on my personal Twitter, which is J.R. Meaden, uh, or you can send it to the Random Joe Show Twitter or to the Random Joe Podcast at Gmail, um, and I'm happy to read anything that you send me about the games that we play. Uh, I hope that you enjoyed this one, though. I thought Super Hot was really good. It was very, very uh, fun to play through, had a lot of very interesting and different aspects to it, and I think it's awesome that they do these games with gold and PS Plus to give us access to these games that we may not have otherwise purchased. And my, my encouragement would be to you is if you're not on Xbox, pick this thing up. This thing is definitely worth uh, the time if you have some money and you got three or four hours. It is definitely worthwhile to play. So that was our game of the week, once again, as super hot. Uh, next week, I hope you'll come back and listen because the game of the week is going to be Uncharted 2 Among Thieves. So if you have that game uh, via the Nathan Drake collection for PS4 or you just have the OG disc for PS3, I'd encourage you to try that out, play it, and uh, let me know how you like it. Uh, so that was our game of the week. On to what else I've been playing. Now, this segment is really just me sharing what else I played this week and getting to chat about those games too. If you play any of these games I'm mentioning regularly, hit me up. I'd love to play with you sometime. These are the games I've really been fixated on for weeks now, and in some cases, years. And that is always going to begin with Destiny. Uh, many of you know I love Destiny. I'm a moderator at uh, Destiny Reset's podcast, um, their, uh, their, their Discord server, and in their clans, and uh, I am, I'm a huge Destiny fanatic. Um, something I thought of, which I did before the previous DLC, Curse of Osiris, is that I, I wondered, hmm, can I get to 400 light, which is the level cap in Destiny 1, and 335 light, which is the level cap in Destiny 2, before DLC 2? One of the things that I'm known for in my community is that I like to play with alt accounts. I'll use an alt account. One of the cool things about an alt account for any game is that if you want to go in and play, a, especially a persistent game, and start from the beginning, have nothing else with you, you can always start an, an additional account. And as long as your main account is set as your, as your, as your like home console, you can use your, your PS Plus or your Xbox Live and you can use all the games that you own digitally or any disc that's inserted into the system, and that will allow you to play through those games again on that alternate account. Um, you just have to have another email address that you're able to, to sign up with. So I really enjoy doing that, and I am playing on my alt account, Hazen Vengeance, which is the, the original alt account that I created on PlayStation 4 in order to play more Destiny uh, during the era of the Dark Below. And I've, I've kind of gone back and played the old stuff and gone through on an alt account basically every time before a new DLC has come out in Destiny for the last three and a half years. And this is no different. So I'm playing on Hazen Vengeance, and, uh, and I have managed to make it to level 40, and I'm actually at 339 light already. Um, it actually goes extremely quickly, and there's a few different tricks that I've learned for kind of expediting the process, one of which is that if you do public events each day and play Crucible matches, once you hit level 40, you can get up to 75 Vanguard tokens pretty quickly, and if you make sure that you do your bounties, you can get to rank 1 very easily, which will allow you to purchase a piece of gear at 380 light. In addition, once you hit level 40 and you begin doing the once you get close to like 280, then you can start doing the, the missions for Rise of Iron, which will all give you 320 gear. Before that, to even get to 320, if you do the, uh, 
the Taken Spring, as we called it, mission um, with Malak and do the strike, you can actually get a sword that's at 320. So using some of those things, and the last thing I did was I got Nova Mortis, which is another very easy quest line um, that was introduced during the dawning in year three of Destiny 1. And uh, that gave me a 370 Nova Mortis. So now I'm at 339 and, uh, and I'm working my way towards 400. And uh, the things I've kind of reminisced in and loved is that it's given me a chance to play more PvP because normally when I have done these before, I've done strikes, but no one is playing strikes right now. I cannot get match made with anybody. And I have the ability, uh, based on my time spent in the game, to solo almost all of the strikes fairly easily. I can usually beat them in about 25 minutes, but 25 minutes for two blues is a little bit much, and it's a little bit stressful and hectic to try to make it through a strike without any kind of problems. So no one's striking. So I've been playing more PVP and PVP is really fun. And, and D1 PVP is in a cool spot right now because the people that are still playing it, they don't really want to just use icebreaker and sidearms all the time. I've run into them. Yes, but most people are playing just with random stuff and, it, and it's fun. And, and it reminds me of the enjoyment that I took from destiny one PVP. Um, destiny two PVP really took a, a shift towards the competitive audience and towards a, a more team focused, um, way of gameplay. And, uh, and I appreciate those changes. Um, I think that the competitive community, as they asked for those things, I, I get it. I understand why they would want it. Um, but it's definitely not for me and that's fine. I'm not upset about it, but it was really nice to play some D one PVP again. Um, and I'm really looking forward to, um, playing some more destiny one, hopefully getting to 400 and making it to, uh, the next, you know, the, the light caps before the second DLC comes out for destiny two. And then he was into Destiny 2. I didn't play that much this week because um, I was really grinding Destiny 1. But uh, Destiny 2, I, I did the Eater of Worlds raid. We didn't finish it, but we got to the last boss with some of the, the guys from Destiny Reset. We had a lot of fun with that. Um, it was enjoyable, and I really love that raid. I think it's just so well put together. It's one of my favorite raids. It's up there for me with Vault of Glass and uh, also with um, the Wrath of the Machine. So I really appreciate that raid and have been enjoying it. I'm still itching to do the Nightfall this week because they have those special emblems. Uh, next week is going to be, I'm going to be playing a lot of Destiny 2 because they've got the PvP update, the sandbox changes, and the Nightfall exclusive rewards are coming, which I am very excited to spend time in. Um, so I'll probably be talking about that next week. I also have been playing a lot of Diablo 3. Um, I really like Diablo 3. I did not think I was going to enjoy this game. I picked it up over the summer. They had a free play weekend when they released the Rise of the Necromancer DLC pack, which is an extra character in the game. And they also did, I, they probably did like some kind of massive patch. Um, then in November, they did a massive buff to basically every one of the the different classes and their and their armor sets in order to increase their power to be in line with that new character that was like super overpowered. And since then, it's been really fun. It's a lot easier to make it through those torment levels, and it takes a little bit less of a grind, although that grind is definitely still there. I grinded my way from Torment 4 up to Torment 7 this week and finished my Firebird set uh, on the Wizard, and the Firebird set is really fun. And one of the cool things about it is that as a Wizard, I was, I was not sure that I would enjoy a range-based class, but in this one, you basically begin casting a spell, and as soon as you cast a certain spell, it launches these meteors falling from the sky. And as soon as an enemy gets hit with three things, it could be my spells, my, my meteors from the sky, or my other attacks, 
they immediately begin burning and take a ton of extra damage and give me a damage boost. They give uh, you know me a, a damage reduction. It's it's just a really fun set to play. And one of the things about Diablo 3 that's been so enjoyable is that every set that I've played with has just been enormously fun and enjoyable with kind of a different play style that it has. I like the way that those armor sets differentiate the types of play styles, even between its own characters. And I'm hoping to finish off a couple of the other sets like Talrasha um, or, or some of the Archon stuff in order to try out those other play styles. But for now, this Firebird set is so much fun. So if you're playing Diablo 3, I'm on PS4 and Xbox One. Um, I'm doing a wizard on the PS4, and I don't even remember what I played on the uh, on the Xbox One. I think it's a witch doctor this season. Um, but I'm playing season 13, and if you are too, let me know. Uh, a couple more games that I tried out. didn't play that much of these, but uh, Shadowgun Legends came out. And I don't know if you've heard of this game. It's a mobile game, and it really is styled after Warframe and Destiny. It has a hub world that's similar to the tower, and then it has a mission selector similar to Warframe that places you in a procedurally generated, at least I think it is, set of, it's like a tile set procedural generation, or it's just a, or it's or hand designed, I'm not sure exactly, uh, set of levels similar to Warframe where you go through and you kill the enemies. The thing that's really special and, and good about this game is that Shadowgun Legends really does a great job at implementing first-person shooter controls for the phone. Basically, it has an auto-shoot as soon as your cursor lands on the enemy, and the way that they have those, uh, they don't have those fake sticks, they're not displayed on there, uh, and so you can stick your fingers anywhere you want on each side of the screen and it will respond to you like that. So it's very, very good. Um, I really like the way that they set up um, the control scheme, and I think that even just the adaptation of a game like Destiny into a mobile format is pretty incredible. Uh, it also has uh, really Destiny's loot system, it seems, so far, except for the fact that it does have a bunch of uh, microtransactions in it. I'm not sure how game-breaking those are. I think I'm like an hour and a half or so in. I'm not sure. I've been playing it before I go to bed. And um, those uh, RPG systems... Are, are pretty cool, and I like the way that they're they're set up. Now, Awesome Knots is the other game I've been kind of like playing periodically. I like Awesome Knots a lot, but I am not very good. I played some bot matches mostly because the last time I played a regular match and just hit the random button as I am accustomed to doing, um, I got messages from my teammates saying, shake my head, you know, WTF, what are you doing, man? Didn't want to deal with the hate. But I have been watching uh, basically just Slow Wolf videos <laughs> as well before bed. Um, it's that and Shadowgun Legends this week. Um, I also played Wizorb, and, and I put a 38-minute impressions on the, on the channel. Really what these are is that midweek, my goal is to do at least one 38-minute impressions. And what I'm doing is I'm, I'm, all, I'm running that random number generator, and there's a, a broader set of games that I'm running the random number generator for than just the games that we play together. Because some of these are short-form indie games. Or they're games that I honestly don't even know if anybody likes. Uh, but Wizorb is a game that had like an 80-something on Metacritic, so I wasn't too pessimistic about it. I ended up not liking it tremendously. And uh, I thought it was a really cool idea of taking what was essentially Breakout for Atari, if you remember that old game where 
there's a series of blocks and you have a pong paddle on the bottom of the screen and there's a bouncing ball that as the ball collides with the blocks it destroys them and your goal is to remove all the blocks in an area without the ball falling through and you know, you're using the pong paddle to do that. But instead of just having that mechanic, it was basically set in a pixelated fantasy world with enemies and bosses and RPG mechanics. And I think the idea is really cool, but I really felt like the execution of that game was kind of left a lot to be desired. Um, that was kind of my, my impression of it. And uh, I don't think I'll play very much more of it. But if that sounds like it's interesting to you, I'd encourage you to try it out. It's like three bucks on Steam. It's not that expensive. I think I got it from a Humble Bundle at some point, like long in the past. It's a 2011 game. Um, it was it received fairly good reviews and seems like it was fairly big on PSP. Um, but I'm not exactly sure because I didn't I never heard of the game. Um, what I'll be doing though is that I'll be doing another one of those 38 minute impressions midweek, and then I'll do a full length show like this one, episode three, next week. So the schedule kind of coming up is that midweek. I'll be doing at least one 38-minute impression where I play a game for 38 minutes and then give you my standard impressions. It'll be a short, short 5-10 to 10 minute discussion um, that will go up during the week. And the two games that I have next is I've done the random number generator. Uh, System Shock 2 is next for PC. I've never played this game. I've heard tremendous things about it. This is the Bioshock creator's previous title that he had invested in and, and, and put together before creating Bioshock. Bioshock really functions as a spiritual successor to System Shock 2, and I'm really excited to try this game out as I really enjoyed Bioshock. So I have that for PC. I got it, I don't know, really cheap. I think I got it for like a dollar at one point. Um, but I'll be playing that this week and uploading a 38-minute impression uh, as the week goes on. The next game after that is going to be Cameo Elements of Power. This rare game was made for 360, and I have it via Rare Replay. So these are the games I'll be playing for my 38-minute impressions. Um, and those are, you can look for those on the channel. Uh, reminder though, next week, the game of the week, the game that I want to encourage you to play with me, with the other people that are, that are playing this together is Uncharted 2. Maybe you've played this game. You've probably played this game if you have a PlayStation console, because it's a very good game. Um, I remember being a little bit, uh, critical of it, uh, in some ways, which I'll get into next week. But my encouragement would be, if you have the opportunity, play through it again. If not, still let me know, what are your thoughts about Uncharted 2? It's been hailed as one of the greatest games of all time by many different sites. It's, it received a bunch of perfect scores when it came out. It is a very good game. I will definitely give it that. And the storytelling is excellent. But we'll get into that next week. So the game of the week next week, Uncharted 2. Play it, talk about it, and uh, participate in the Random Joe Show community in that regard. The week after that is going to be Ratchet and Clank for PS4. This game is free on PS Plus right now. So if you have PS Plus, pick it up. That's going to be in two weeks, so you can start playing it through if you'd like. Leave me some thoughts. Leave me some of the things that you like, some of the things you don't like. Um, but I'm really looking forward to playing this. I've never played Ratchet & Clank before. I was not a PS, uh, PlayStation guy um, and was hoping to try this one out. Um, I like the cartoonish kind of look to it, and I'm glad it got a remake because I never played it on, on the original. I don't know if, whether it was came out for PS2 or what, but I never played through it. And I'm looking forward to trying it out. Um, the week after that, it'll be another random game from my collection or, um, a way out just came out this last week and I am itching to try that one out. Um, definitely encourage you to check it out. I don't want to spoil it for myself. I think it's got like, uh, it's got fairly good reviews and it looks very interesting. So I'm definitely going to try that one out soon. Uh, I'm not sure if I'll make that our, our game of the week though. 
And, uh, and then after we do Ratchet and Clank, it'll be a, another Xbox Games with Gold game a couple weeks after that. So that's kind of the schedule moving forward. That's kind of what you can expect. Um, I really appreciate your time in listening to this podcast. I hope this episode has found you well, whether you're gaming with me or you're just listening along and enjoying my thoughts on these things. You can reach out to me via Twitter at Random Joe Show or at the podcast or at the uh, email address randomjoepodcast at gmail.com or on my personal Twitter at jrmeaden. I appreciate the support so much. All the people that have listened to episodes, shared the podcast, and who have uh, sent me messages and, and comments about the, the games that we're playing. My hope is that we'd continue to uh, build up this club of people playing video games together and enjoy our time as we interact with those things. Thanks so much for the support. I hope you have an excellent week.